Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation hello and welcome to this week's episode of mum talk series seven episode four and i am joined today by the absolutely hilarious tova lee mum to three children author of Fucked at 40, which is just the most brilliant book. If you haven't yet read it, I urge you to. It's available now on audiobook as well. Um, Tova is here to join me to talk about all things life and, of course, her book. So much of her book resonated with me, even though I am 32 and one child. But this week on the podcast, we are talking about isolation. We're talking about her book, of course. We're talking about themes within her book, Daddy's Little Girl, Relationships, Monogamy, and, of course, Um, her blog so enjoy and I will check back in with you after I am here today on the podcast with Tova Lee mum to three children writer hilarious content creator if you haven't yet checked out her Instagram you must go and follow now I'm not on TikTok but am I right in saying you've just reached a hundred thousand followers on TikTok yeah I did I know I've gone down I've gone down the rabbit hole like I'm addicted now. I'm that I'm that demographic of the over, I wanted to say 30s, but over 40s <laughs> who have joined TikTok and have just completely become addicted. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's so funny. I mean, I'm only seeing your TikTok videos through the ones that you share on Instagram. But if you are on TikTok, then go and follow Tova. It's hilarious. It's actually a really fun platform, I have to say, like as a content creator, it's quite nice. What's different about it to other uh, apps is that it allows you to do a lot in terms of editing. So if you're a video creator like me, it's so easy. Like you have an app that just allows you to do everything within the app. Usually I'll shoot, I'll edit, I have to find music, I have to, you know, download it, la la. And you can just do everything in one place. It's genius. And it's really creator forward, whereas mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram are not. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And yeah. those were 30 seconds about TikTok. So. <laughs> So Tova has written, which we're going to talk a lot about today on the podcast, has written the most fantastic book called Fucked at 40, which if you haven't yet read it, you must. I mean, I don't get much time, as you well know, with three kids to read a book, um, but I read yours back to from front to back within two days and that was just uh-huh. during Amandine's nap times and when I got a bit of time in the morning and in the evening so I it's such an easy read and so it's such a great read for even exhausted mums like me or you know all mums out there right now <laughs> gonna be pretty <laughs> exhausted right um so I just want to say your book is fantastic and thank you so mm-hmm. much so what um what made you write the book 
um, thank you. First of all, I really appreciate it. I actually wrote it, not knowing if anybody would read it or if anybody would like it, if they did read it. Um, I, I was approached like ages ago, uh, you know, with like, would you write a book? And I, after I did the blog and a lot of people wanted me to write books about parenting or even like advice books. And I never felt like it was right. It was the right time. And I, I was like in a place that I really had something that I wanted to say. I didn't feel like I wanted to write a book about parenting. And I definitely did not want to write a book about giving advice about parenting. Yeah. Um, and then what happened was, I guess something happened. I went through what I call a midlife crisis. I call it a mom life crisis. I even did a whole show about it, an online show, which was called mom life crisis. And it got picked up by Amazon later and became a documentary film on Amazon, Amazon prime video. Um, and it was after a bit of a health scare that I had, um, a sort of something on my breast that made me think that actually I'm not going to live forever and it's time to sort of live my life. I was very lucky because it ended up being nothing and I was absolutely fine, but I, it kind of was the kick up the ass that I needed to just go out there and live my life to the fullest without giving a fuck about what anybody had to say and without caring about, you know, all these labels that I had on me, which were, you know, mom, wife, you know, over 40, uh, woman, like all these things that put us in boxes and limit what we're, you know, what we can do and what we want to do. Uh, and I did this bucket list and went out and did them. And then after that whole journey, when I was in a completely different place from when I, where I, where I started, that was the point where I felt, do you know what? I'm, I now feel like I want to write it in one place. Cause I told bits of the story in the show, in the videos and blog posts, but there was never like one place that sort of had the whole journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was the book fucked at 40, but it was actually at 42. So <laughs> it, it just sounds, it just sounds better fucked at 40, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there are so many bits within the book that I resonated with, and I'd, I'd really like to pick some of them out because I think sure. at certain times, you know, even at 32, like I was saying, like I can relate so, so much to your book and was really, really surprised and felt like I was reading some of my own journal. Um, and it was only, I only had to get to chapter two before thinking, that's me, that's me, shit, that's me. Like when I was, I, I read the bit at the beginning of chapter two where you say, when I was young, I was told to be a good girl and I played that role extremely well. And I think I still do. Like I'm not there yet to leave my thoughts that I'm thinking, yeah, I'm a good girl and I'm not ready to leave that behind, you know. It's, it's, it's what I know, it's what I think I am. And I think so many women are brought up you know, as young girls to be like, you know, be a good girl, behave, you know, don't out, out speak, you know, be quiet, listen, like, don't say what you're truly thinking unless it's politically correct, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it's absolutely brilliant what you've touched on there. Can you share a little bit more about that, perhaps? Yeah, sure. It's funny. It's a, uh, it's a topic that a lot of women did relate to, but I did have like some women say, Oh, I can't relate to that. Like I've, I've, I've never, I was never told to be a good girl. I do what I want. And I'm so happy. Yeah. I was so happy to hear like uh, women, uh, you know, say that as well. I guess it's a very personal thing. Again, not knowing if anybody, ha we all have different experiences, but in my experience, um, 
it was, it was, you know, like sometimes you get something, even if it's not necessarily spoken to you. So, I mean, nobody, I mean, maybe they did say like in so, so many words, like be a good girl, but even if they didn't, you know, you get this sort of idea that you're supposed to behave in some way from how people react to you. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And my, my feeling was that, yeah, I had to be really perfect and I had to be really sweet and smiley and, and, and not rock the boat and women, girls, women who are not like that. And I think that's a, that's a given, like, no, people know that, you know, they're difficult, they're bitchy, you know, they're hormonal, they're crazy, all these things. And I think that for many years, I was really scared of those sides of me, you know, uh, and this is again, linked to age. I think I believe that women do get better with age. I do. Mm. But I think the one thing that gets the thing that, because we're always awesome, by the way, at any age. <laughs> but, what cha- yeah, but what changes with age is that, that, that as we get older, we are, we're kind of like, we become more happy to just go, do you know what? I don't care. Like, I don't care if people don't like me all the time. I don't care if I'm coming across as not feminine or if I'm coming across as potentially ballsy or pushy or all these words that are very negative describing women who are assertive, who are, you know, passionate, who are opinionated, all these things that if it was a man, you would never, ever, ever see them in a negative context. And I think like, as we get older, we don't give a shit like how people perceive us. And we, and that's why we get better because Mm -hmm. women just allow themselves to be more of who they are. So for me, that was a massive part of the journey and a massive part of the book. And I had to bring in that part of my childhood into the book to explain where it came from. Mm. So I'm a, I'm we're I'm one of three and I'm the eldest and my brother is two years younger than me and me and my brother are super close. We're best friends and we were always very close, even a childhood. But I was always jealous of him always and simply because he was a boy. Like it had nothing to do with our achievements. It had nothing to do with anything. It was just because he was a boy. And there was, I always had this sense of it didn't matter how good I did or how well I did at anything. I would never be as good as him because I was a girl. Um, And that, of course, had to do a lot with my upbringing and culture and stuff like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So let's backtrack a little bit. Where were you brought up and, and where are you from? Let's backtrack a little. I mean, so I know I was, the answer to this. Yeah, I was, born in, in, <laughs> I was born in Israel, uh, which usually shocks people because most people think I'm American because of the accent. But uh, <laughs> But I live in the UK now. I've been living here for 15 years. So I consider this very much to be my home now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and are you in London? Yes. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so I remember reading about um, your birth to your twins and how when you spoke about that, it went viral and Ashton Kutcher even picked up on it, um, yeah. relating back to your blog. And can you, t- can you talk a little bit about that and how maybe that influenced the book, your book writing? I mean, I think like... Um there were a lot of things that led to the book. This wasn't necessarily a lead up for the book, but it was definitely something that was very important when I was just starting off. So Mm -hmm. I started a blog in 2015 
and completely unplanning, not planning for it to be anything, to be honest. It was just uh, an outlet. I needed an outlet. And um, the name of your I, blog, like, literally sums it up. It's lo- such a lovely name. If you haven't come across it yet, it's my thoughts about stuff, and it's brilliant. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it. literally the only thing I could think of in the five minutes that I had when I Googled how do you start a blog. <laughs> and I. I mean, you know, when you put something down and you think I'll come back to it, like I'll come back to it, I'll change it. I'll, I'll find a better name, but I just never got back to it. So it's stuck. Um, and, uh, I started writing articles. My first article was called, I love my kids, but sometimes I wish they would just fuck off because (laughs) that's how I felt. Um, and then a few months, I guess a couple of weeks, a few weeks after, I don't remember exactly the time frame, but I wrote an article about the birth of my uh, twins, which was called, I can't see a white light, but I know I'm about to die. And it was about, I had preeclampsia and it was about the very traumatic birth and how within the 24 hours after I had them via C-section, I literally nearly died. Um, and it was sort of like a decision in the moment of that happening of just going, I'm not going to die today. You know, (laughs) I just had, you know what I mean? That kind of could see myself like completely losing control over my body, like how clueless my husband was, how panicked everybody in the room was, the, the nurses and the doctors and all that going on. And I was completely, um, unable to control anything that was happening, but my mind was totally there and I was completely aware of what was happening. Mm. And it was just like that moment that you go, no, not today. Like it's not going to happen today. You know? And I just, I, I came back. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. That type of things. Uh, and I wrote a whole article about it and, uh, and Ashton Kutcher picked it up and, uh, it actually featured in his magazine, a plus. Mm. And then after that, he, yeah, he shared it on his, uh, Facebook page and tweeted. And, and I think like that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things, but that was really, I guess that at that point where I, the blog was so tiny, you know, it just made it go, wow, like, could this be something bigger than what I thought, you know, could it reach more people than I had ever imagined? And, (laughs) you know, it's all these little, uh, how do you say, uh, stepping stones? Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you have your, did you have your twins before or after your other child? No, the, uh, she came first and I had them two years. Yeah. Two years later. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know. I don't want to, I don't want to always talk about it too much more because it's in the book and it's so good. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about, uh, relationships, which sure. is a brilliant topic in your book that you talk about. Um, and one of the main topics that I get asked to cover on the podcast over and over again is relationships. And I'm married to a half French and half German man. And don't get me wrong, I love him, I adore him, but he's also a shit and a shit <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> and I get really angry that love is shown to us from a young age, oh, yeah. right through to now, and movies we watch showing us as love is perfect, it's romantic, it's beautiful. 
true love in a totally unrealistic way. But I believed in movie love, like truly believed in it. Even now I'll watch a movie and I'll get totally enthralled in that kind of love and I'll go find my... I love romantic comedies. Yeah. They're the best, I know. They're the best. (laughs) And I'll go go find my husband, Hendrik, and I'll say, what the fuck, man? Love me like the movie. Like, love me like I've been shown love is. (laughs) (laughs) I have very idealistic um, memories of my parents as well and their marriage and like they never fought in front of my sister and I and I of course grew up thinking that love was perfect their marriage was perfect and only until like now I'm in my own I'm like whoa hang on a minute what's going on here and I love how you touch about that on your book and also you know you touch about monogamy and um, in fact, when I was prepping for the podcast, and so I know it's page 126, where you talk about, like, um, we're we're taught from a young age to aspire to get married, children to settle down, and trapped inside this um, idea of monogamy. And you say, like, why can't there be multiple people for everybody? And I would love for you to talk about your thoughts around this topic, because you really opened up in your book. And I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people ask kind of about this on the podcast so yeah it's weird because uh, I agree I think uh relationships is always the the main thing that people are that everybody because because not everybody maybe is uh it chooses to have children and not mm. everybody you know it, but relationships is like something you have throughout your life you know mm. like no matter what your what situation you're in but um um, and a lot of people talk to me about it as well, especially about breakups because I, I divorced, I'm a, I divorced and this is my second marriage. Uh, and a lot of people are very interested in that aspect because I walked away from a relationship with somebody that I really did love and I still loved him when I left. And that was very difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely relate to what you said. I think relationships are, uh, presented in a very non-realistic way always everywhere i mean even in the dramas that are like not even supposed to be like these romantic comedies or like a disney movie i i sit there on the sofa with my husband and we will watch something and i'll go who says that mm. like who actually does that in a relationship i don't understand like who are these people like you know it's very unrealistic um and it's very frustrating. But then, like you said, we love it. We love and hate it at the same time. Um, in the book, I talk a lot about the years of uh, us having a really shitty relationship. And those years were straight after having kids. Uh, I think for a lot of couples, this happens. You just drift apart. You fucking hate each other. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand him. He did everything wrong. I wanted to kill him. Like, I didn't even understand, like, what we were doing together. We drifted so far apart, like, to the point where, you know, honestly, it was like two strangers just sitting on the sofa, not, not even talking, you know, at this point. Um, and uh, and I think people need to know that there is also that. Mm-hmm. And again, we, we had three children in the space of two years. When you think about it now, you go, well, obviously, you know, I was exhausted. We were both exhausted. But uh, for me, and I talk a lot about it in the book, the moment where things started to change was actually not because we went to couples therapy and not because we worked on our relationship, but it was actually when I started working on myself, because what I realized was that the unhappiness that I was feeling was not an unhappiness from the relationship. It was, I was really unhappy with myself. You know, I had 
just completely forgotten who I was. You know, I had forgotten everything and I didn't like how I looked and I didn't like what I was doing. And I didn't like how I didn't like anything about me. And how, how are you able to be in a loving, nice relationship with somebody when you're walking around so miserable? And I'm not saying that that's always the case, but that's what was happening with me. Mm. So it was only when I started looking after myself and really kind of asking myself, what do I need? What are my needs? And really actually providing those needs and not necessarily expecting Mike to provide my needs. Cause I think that's another thing we tend to do. Mm-hmm. You like something's not working and you kind of expect your partner to solve it for you or mm-hmm. to provide it for you, but actually it's not really their job. And like, sometimes they can't even do it. So it's unrealistic. And then you're setting yourself up for a massive disappointment. So that was a massive change. Um, And our relationship totally changed and improved after that kind of realization. In the book, I talk about monogamy as well as part of a larger discussion, which is why do we do what we do? Like just in general, why are we living in the way that we're living? Like in general, did you ever choose that for yourself? Did you say, yeah, I'm going to be a mom and this is the type of mom I'm going to be? And even if you said that, why did you say it? Like, did you say it because that's what society told you moms are supposed to be? Or did you actually do it because that's the type of mom you actually are? So I took it and applied it on a lot of things on my li- in my life, one of them being monogamy and marriage. I suddenly realized that it was never a debate. Like I never really sat down and thought, mm, oh yeah, monogamy, yeah, that suits me. Like, oh, I want to be monogamous. Like I never really knew or realized that there were other options. And I did look into it and see that not everybody's in a monogamous relationship. And actually you could have a loving, committed relationship and it not be monogamous. Um, and for me, that was appealing. It was appealing, um, to try it, to sort of, uh, explore it, not knowing what it would be like, or not knowing anything, but it was something that I, you know, felt I was close enough to Mike at the time to bring up and have a conversation with him about, which weirdly, by the way, is something that a lot of people have picked up from within the book, even though it's a very small section Mm. in the book. Um, they have really picked up on it. And what is interesting is that the question, the number one question that I get asked in relation to that is, how do you start the conversation? Because apparently there's a lot of women out there who would be happy to at least have the conversation, but they don't know how to start it. Um, so my answer to that is always, um, I think honesty is the best approach always. Mm. And I also knew that it had nothing to do with him. And I don't think it's a fix to a problem in your relationship. Just like a child, a baby's not going to fix your relationship and anything like that's not going to weekend away. He's not going to fix your relationship. You know, it's definitely not a fix to a relationship. We were in a really good place when I started talking about it. It was like, you've got your, it's, it's good. And now you just want the cream on top. It's mm, the way I yeah. look at it, you know, um, rather than, this isn't working. Let's bring in more people and maybe it'll make it work. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that at all. So that's my answer. (laughs) And how did he respond to it? Yeah. So he, I mean, you know, like anything, it's not one conversation. You don't Mm -hmm. have one conversation. It was, um, serial, a series of conversations and it's an ongoing conversation. Not so much now in quarantine, but, <laughs> <laughs> but generally speaking, it's an ongoing really, um, conversation. 
Look, at the end of the day, Mike uh, is very like down to earth. He was like, I don't know. I put this in the book. I don't know how I'm going to feel like we got to try it and and do baby steps and see, you know, Mm -hmm. and we just have to keep checking and keep communicating and being honest and, you know, and 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 we'll see. And so far it's worked for us. So, you know, and this is the other thing. I think people get very stuck in mm-hmm. things. It's like, I'm like this. So this is what I am. No, <laughs> you could be this one day and be something totally different the next day. The whole idea of like, Ooh, you know, I need to be stuck on my things. Well, I don't, I don't buy that anymore. I used to be like that very much. So I'm not anymore, you know? So it's working for us today. It might not work for us next week. You know, who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I love that you're talking about it and you're talking yeah. about it so freely because, A lot of these things just don't get talked about, do they? Do you know what it is, though? There's a lot of information about um, different alternative types of relationship, whether it's polyamorous or Mm. swingers or open relationships or whatever, right? There's a lot out there. But the problem is that it's it's like perceived as some sort of like hippie-ish, culty, bizarre, off-the-rails type of, you know, alternative way of living. So I think the reason why it was appealing to people when I sort of said, oh, actually, there's also this, they kind of went, what? But you're so normal. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I feel it was important to say it, because it's like, actually, you know, people don't have horns. We are all normal. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's so ridiculous, but it's a concept. It's not a reality, you know? So... Yeah. <laughs> and you were mentioning about doing lots of work on yourself and and you know that essentially enabled you to find yourself and become happy. Can you explain a little bit what kind of work you were doing on yourself if you're happy to go into that? Were you seeking yeah. counseling or Um, I'm going to leave something for people to read in the book. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But no, I did. It was, it was a long process. Um, and actually I did have somebody who helped me through it. She's not a counselor, but she, I don't know, she, she struggles with her own definition of what she does, but I suppose the way to describe it is, was. It's not even a life coach, but it's somebody very smart. Okay. Mm. (laughs) That's just for a very smart woman. Uh, And I actually went to see her regarding eating because, and actually a lot of it started through the eating because I've had a very um, interesting, complex relationship with food and my body throughout the years. And I talk about that a lot in the book as well. Body image. It's one of the things I talk about in general. And I read an article this woman wrote and it was very, very refreshing. Just the Mm -hmm. attitude that she had was very different to anything I'd ever read. So I contacted her and, uh, she said, listen, I'm happy to take you on, but I, I just need to know, is your goal losing weight? Because if that's the goal, I can't help you. So I obviously lied and I said, it's not the goal. (laughs) 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 It really was the goal. But through the work with her, I discovered the word needs, which I had never, ever, ever used in relation to myself, mm. ever. 
I was like, you know, so she would talk about needs. Everything went back to needs, needs. And she'd go like, you know, when you're eating, can you, can you identify what do you need? So in at the beginning, it would be, I need chocolate. I need the crisps. This is what I need. I need the sugar, you know? And then later on, when we peeled off like more layers, I realized actually I need a hug. I need sex. I need love. I need attention. I need, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, it's very, very, very painful to admit that it's very painful. So I found that what I was doing, I was masking it up. Like I was covering it up with cakes and with, you know, and with all these good stuff, you know, things that like taste so nice. And that's how I was covering up. And people do that all the time. Some people do it with food. Some people do it with alcohol. Some people do it with, um, I don't know, uh, there's like different ways of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to cover up the pain. So needs was the, the first question I asked was, what do I need? And to the, to the point of being really brutal, like, you know, with myself. And I think that once I was, able to really ask those questions and start answering them honestly, it was easier to recognize what I also needed to do about it. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, one of my, my, my early on needs was like, I, I really needed to connect to my body again. Cause I felt like I had completely lost it. Uh, so it was about moving it again. It was about dancing and it was about just, you know, it sounds so stupid when you talk about it. Cause it's like, <laughs> duh, but to get there, to get to understand that that's what you want. There's like a process of all the questions you need to ask. Um, but my point is it's, ve- it was very doable. You know, it's not like years of psychoanalysis. Tell me about your childhood, you know, and like all that. It's not. It was very practical, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would I, I would I, I talk about what I did more and, and I elaborate on it in the book. So hopefully if anybody feels sa- similar, they they'd be able to take something away from it, you know. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, Tova, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And everything you've said has, I'm sure, will resonate so, so much with the listeners. So I highly recommend. You've literally heard little snippets from Tova's book there, Fucked at 40. So if you want to read more, which I highly suggest you do, then go buy her book. Where can they grab your book? I was going to say it's available worldwide so you can get it on Amazon anywhere. Um, you can also get it, uh, if you're in the UK from the Waterstones, uh, mm-hmm. website and, uh, it's also available as an audiobook, which I read. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh my God. I have to listen to that. that I, I like doing that. That was fun. Yeah. So, uh, it's an audiobook and also a Kindle version, which I know a lot of people are now kind of looking to get because of quarantine. So yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so, so much again, Tova, for coming on. Pleasure. I hope, hope the rest of isolation goes, okay, I'll be checking in daily to get my laughter in with your videos. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Take care. 
huge huge thank you to Tova for coming on the podcast this week it was really lovely to get a first hand little look into your life and of course discuss um, some bits which really really resonated in the book with me do have a read of it it's fantastic get your hands on it or have a listen to it whatever you prefer it's such a lovely easy it's so well written it's really easy to read um, and just laugh along with and uh, it's a great one for us mums who are a little bit tired by the end of the day anyway how are we all doing how are we all doing this is a long old lockdown isn't it of course very much needed but yes it is long next week i am going to finally catch up with you all i figured seeing as we're halfway through the series already next week i want to check in with you guys so i will put a little um question box on my instagram on mum talk podcast instagram for any questions that you want to chat about um i'm very aware that i don't really talk very much about kind of the early stages anymore um and i probably haven't shared a huge amount about amaldine recently well i know i haven't because i've had wonderful guests on the podcast up until now so next week um i will jump on myself and chat with you guys so let me know what you want me to talk about and um yeah so keep an eye out on mum talk podcast instagram page for um, a little question box and put everything in there you will have seen also that i'm not so active on mum talk podcast instagram right now I've really been trying to give so much of my time to Amaldine and to Hendrik, of course, my husband, um, and really be present, as present as I possibly can. So managing kind of, or not managing, I don't manage my social media accounts, but contributing to both Emma Jolan and also Mum Talk, I just felt like it was very repetitive. So um, if you really enjoy following along with what's going on, then do give me a follow over at Emma Jolan because that's more day-to-day stuff. And then Mum Talk, I'm going to kind of keep for some really exciting projects that hopefully will um, happen over the next few uh, months where I hope to have some guests on, etc, etc. So do stay in touch. And it's a lovely way for us to stay in touch. But if you want to chat to me, I'm more I'm on Emma Jolan more so find me on there I'll put a link in the show notes and you can um, if you're not already following me click on that and go on so as I have asked um, I think throughout this series actually if you've enjoyed listening today please 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 go and subscribe go and leave us a five-star review write some words if you feel like you want to and have some time that would really really help get the podcast out um, to many many more people it just helps us rise up through the ranks a little bit um, which uh, helps Helps people to see it. I will love you and leave you, and I will check in with you guys next week. And it'll be June, so who knows what'll happen next week? We may have a new level of freedom. All right, love you all. Thank you for being here, and have a lovely rest of your week. Mwah.